This is a Working With Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working With Warriors podcast. We're up to episode 22 now and I'm joined by fellow community educator um, and Regional Men's Health Executive Officer Owen Caddo. Good morning, Owen. Yeah, good morning, Tom and uh, our listeners out there in um, podcast world. And today we've got a special guest with us um, our good friend and worked for a long time with Dwayne Wool Torton, who's an accountant and works in the North Midlands or based out of Carnamar in, in Western Australia. G'day, Dwayne. Hey, morning, Tom. How are we? Morning, mate. Yeah, no, we're all good. Hey, listen, Dwayne, so we've been talking and you and I have been working together for a fair while on uh, in the farming days and now in, in the men's health days around around succession and progression planning. And, um, and I guess we've talked about it being... Relationship based, and um, that they come first, and and numbers and structures are the the easy bits if the relationships fall in place. So, is that how you see it, Dwayne? Well, I, I think a lot of it um, when it comes to succession planning, I think the hardest part is um, mum and dad do want to retire. They they don't really, they really want to get uh, and have a bit of time to themselves. But however, I just don't think they know how to do it. Um, and they always there's always that resistance because at the end of the day they want to do what's best for their legacy and their farm, but they don't know how to hand it down to their children. If you know what I mean, uh, they they really want to do the right thing by all concerned, but um, I still think they need to have number one their priorities right first, and it does come down to communication. They need to talk, 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 and then work out which way they're going to go, but. I don't think it's an easy thing, never will be, but um, communication is a key with all of it. Yeah, it is, Dwayne. It's great to get an accountant's perspective and and I guess that you and I, we've had lots of um, successful farm successions where it has been relationship-based and yeah. on good relations and the failures you can actually see coming because that relationship... Um, that good relationship just doesn't exist and, and if it doesn't exist to venture into the process is problematic. Well, that's right. And I think um, really, I don't know whether it's the younger generation or not, but um, I think they believe they're entitled a bit more than what they probably should be. And I think, yeah, coming, I think I'm a little bit of an old school person. I'm not as old as uh, some that, that do deal with this, but um, I think that a lot of the young ones just think it should be handed to them and given to them on a plate. I don't think that's how it really should be, but it's what they think they are entitled to, which is making it pretty hard for the mum and dad at the end trying to do the, what's best for all concerned. So yeah, it's never an easy thing to, to address, but um, I think with uh, the way land prices, everything's going within the industry, uh, it's, it's going to get a little bit harder for them to, to get a clear um, way they want to do it, I think. That's a good comment, and I think the, that entitlement, we have this kind of unmet expectation as a that intergenerational stuff and I remember when I was a younger generation and you can interpret stuff that's mm. not that's not made clear by the older generation as well that, that, that we talked about it before that one day this will be yours and like what will be yours and how will it be yours so so communication is really important. Look quite often too there's a, a time issue Dwayne from from the old generation. What I mean by that it's it's it takes it takes time anyway to put in a succession or a progression plan, but but they realise 
that they need to do something. When I say they, the older generation realise that they need to do something, but there's a fair bit of sitting on the fence that happens. And Absolutely. And, yep. and quite genuinely, they haven't answered these questions that that we've set up that, that stakeholders need to, the older generation stakeholders need to answer before anything can move forward. That's right. And I think um, the biggest one is I think most of them do realise they want to retire. Yep. And... But I think in a way, too, a lot of them are getting to that bit older than what they want to, to do the retirement part because it should be looked at fairly early from the mid-60s to 70s, I think. Yep. Um, a lot of them are now going through to their 80s before they think about it. And um, it does limit what retirement enjoyment they can have. But in saying that, too, it's, I think it's just that the, the communication with, with their younger um, siblings, etc., trying to get across to them, they want their the farm to stay where it is, their legacy to stay where it is. And it's um the hard part is handing over that, that control, their their trust, their um their livelihood, if you know what I mean. They think that they're, they're losing something but they they want to, but they don't. They don't. And it's very hard because um I think the biggest thing too, they don't know where to retire. Yep. They all have ideas. Um what I find more and more now is um not the husband, but more the wife is uh, the driving factor in saying that I think it's time we do something. We haven't got, you know, we haven't got much more time on the farm. You're getting a little bit older. Your body's feeling the uh, effects of um, your 40 or 50 years that you have put into the farm. Um, but I don't think there's an easy way around it. I think it's got to be a lot of communication between husband and wife, um, the, the older statesman first. Yep. They've got to be happy with their decision. They've got to work out what they want to do, where they want to go, and then you know get into place and then just sit down and um, communicate to everyone within the actual farming and family structure so everyone knows what's going on. The more concise, the more uh, laid out it is, the better it will be. At the moment, I think a lot of things are promised but never being put on paper. So it makes it very mm-hmm. hard for people within that area to know what's going on. And, and until they do that, I don't think that can go forward. I reckon it's a real key to it. And you and I have talked about, Tom, those shifting goalposts, you know, from mm-hmm. the older generation to the younger generation. And, and until those questions to own are answered, and, um, and they are hard questions, and... and We'll re-look at them again, and you've alluded to them, Dwayne, but we talk about in the in the health and well-being um, business, so I guess, that we're in and that we talk about is the research is telling us if you're between 65 and 75 and you have a traumatic health experience, so whether it be a mental health experience or a physical health experience with a, a major traumatic experience, that is, with an injury or an accident, you're only one-third likely to get back to what your normal was. And if you're over 75, there's a fair chance you won't. So yeah. so time is of the essence, and we can't keep doing what we're, we're doing. And when a 74-year-old bloke or a, or a 72-year-old bloke says to me, you know, like, what's next? I, I feel for that person because because we're at the end of the the, the end of the string. Well, and unfortunately, I think oh, and that's where a lot of them are at. They yeah. they have carried it and they very reluctant to to let go of the the reins, if I would say that for anything. But um, they all know they need to. Yeah, it's just um, I think it's never an easy thing. I don't think it'll ever it will be an easy thing. But they've got to get their mindset right too. And I think um, the more they discuss it and the more open they are. 
the better it will become. But um, at the moment, it's really like hidden closets. Uh, you seem to open up one, and there's another one around the corner. And um, yeah. I think the the more they can talk about it, the better they will be. But um, I think it's going to be very hard to get to that point. Look, a lot of people are in that. Yeah, look, it is. And, and those questions, you know, like it requires an effort to put in and time. And, you know, we, we whether we talk about three to five years or five to ten years, we need to to put in the effort. And, you know, those four questions, which I reckon are quite often unanswered, are, you know, what do you want to retire from? When do you want to retire where do you want to retire to and what is life going to look like after the farm? And, and if we haven't got those passions and interests and, and the farm might be one of them, well, then we haven't got that capacity to, to lean outside of what we know. Yeah, so it makes it really difficult. And, and part of that process of getting those questions answered is, is I guess, leads us to the next point, is the younger generation... They have to drive the process. They have to have those conversations with mum and dad and say where you're at with that mum and dad. And if it's if it's if you don't know where you want to retire to, are you doing some research? Are you going to stay in three or four different spots over a couple of years to find out if you do want to retire off the farm? You might want to retire on the farm, but but the younger generation actually quite often have to drive that. Do you see that? Dwayne? Yeah, I actually do, and I think a lot of them too. That where to, where to retire is a big issue. Um, I know with a couple I'm dealing with at the moment, they've gone and had a look at a few, uh, how would you say, um, coastal areas just to have a look at whether they like it. But in in reality, I think a lot of them will actually retire closer to the farm than they, what they ever thought they would, whether it's in the local town or, or whatever. But I think it's they love the area. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest thing is because a lot of them will come straight back from school onto the farm and had have done nothing else other than run the farm or beyond that farm they find it very hard to actually get off that farm if you know what I mean but um, in saying that too I think they're all starting to realise that if they want to do their own little things they have to start addressing it and um, having the the younger generation there and if they're um, stepping up and doing majority of the work it'll just start coming through but um, I think a lot of it it's a reluctance to hand it over as I say but um the more they actually put into the farm and the more they see that they're enjoying it and running it, um, they take that backward step enough that eventually I think that's when they need to sit down and work out exactly where they want to go and and that's where the, the actual succession part comes from. Until they're comfortable with each other in doing that, I think it's very hard for them to address it. Yeah, I reckon a couple of points there, Dwayne, is yeah, the, the discussion between the husband and the wife and them being on a common page it's really important because if they're not on a common page it ain't going to go anywhere and and the other thing I'd like to add to that is and you, you will speak to many ex-farmers I should say if you're if you're a farmer you're always a farmer but but guys that have retired successfully and I have not spoken to one farmer and it'd be over a hundred farms that have had stuff to do with over the journey that have not said oh, I wish I hadn't done that in hindsight, we're all more intelligent but and make wiser decisions, but every farmer I'm on, I'm on 100% have yeah. said, geez, I wish I'd done that earlier. Good move. Thought about that. So so it is this... It's definitely 100% there, but um, like you say, always a farmer, always <laughs> will be. Um, even the other day, I was just at the local bowling club um, in, in Calamunda of all places, but... Yeah. Um, the first thing was he had a look at the rainfall forecast. He said, that's not going to happen in Carnamar or Perindry. 
and then I showed him the map later on and it did rain. He goes, well, that's why I got out of it. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I retired at the right time, he said. I'm not sure of the, these patterns and all that, but in saying it, you know, he's the same thing. He's actually retired, best thing he ever did. Yeah. But it's so hard to get there. Yeah. And that's why um, communication is the key to get it going. Um, and like you say, once they do retire, they, they think it's the best thing they've ever done. But it is so hard when that's all you've ever known. Yep. And it's like anything. If uh, you enjoy something so much, you don't want to, re- uh, how would you say, re- release your stranglehold on it. You want to keep it as, as close to your heart as you want to. Um, but in saying that too, you still got a life. And um, yeah. if you want to enjoy those fruits of your hard labour, and it has been hard labour over those years, um, you need to look at the succession planning as soon as you can. Yeah. Look, and, and, your, and the guys that, and, and ladies that retire do enjoy enjoy it when they do it and and the other common comment said to me is they I, I left it a bit late on and that happened with my dad and saying I just left it a bit late because then ill health sets in with the spouse and or, or the wife or the or the mum and you know you can it just changes the dynamics well, what as you we know do. you don't know what's around the corner yep. that's why um to plan it is always great um, everything, it's always going to be a spanner coming in the works and anything, but um, yeah, the sooner you can address it, the better. Yep. Um, and like you say, a lot, lot of them do leave it to a point where their, their body's broken down a little bit and they can't do what they wanted to do in, in their retirement. So I think that yeah, the, the age is a big factor. Um, and but yeah, there's no right or wrong in that age group either. It's just more when you're comfortable, you need to actually address it sooner. Yep. So, from the the people point of view, Tom, you, you from your experience with your relationship with family, with parents, and and people farming, that those comments about age, how do they sit with you? You know, in terms of the young people driving it, having a conversation with the older generation, that intergenerational stuff, and then the the older generation actioning actioning some. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think there is an important role for for the younger generation to to drive the process and begin the process. You know, coming back from maybe uni or or, or um, maybe doing a trade or something, bringing those experiences back to the farm and then beginning that process. Um, but I think it's up to both parties to have the responsibility to debate these issues openly. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that because um, it's it's all well and good to bring the issue up, but then if there's no real discussion happening, um, you're not going to really make any progress. No, no, I think a, a link, Dwayne, that you've seen and I've seen is that older generation, when I talk the older generation, so the 70 and 80-year-old generation, they've had the attachment to the land, mm. which has done the hard yards. Not saying the younger generation have done not done the hard yards, but they've done the hard yards, which has forged that attachment yep. to the land. And there's not many vocations, like in the world, that, that you live on the place and have that attachment. You know, if I'm... I'm running a business in town or leasing a business, I'm leasing a building and I can go home at night time. But, but on on the land, a lot of that older generation, especially the 70 and 80-year-olds, they've done some bloody seriously hard yards and in tough times. So mm. that attachment is genuine. Yeah. And so we've got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's um, in, in terms of a couple I'm dealing with now, Owen, um, they've got a fair bit of land. Uh, I think the persona is too, they don't believe they've got enough money, even though... Equity position is probably at 99% in most cases. But they're all thinking that they have to do something to make sure their kids have got enough to look after and to, to live. And um, I think now it's 
no, from my perspective, I've actually told them to be a little bit selfish and start looking after themselves a little bit more. Yep. Um, and I said, there's ways of doing it, whether you lease a bit of land, you know, crop half of it yourself, wind down a little bit to get your body a little bit more recovered for what you want to do. And then I think the decision to um, to progress it down the line will uh, become a little bit easier. But at the moment, when they're doing 100% cropping and 100% running the farm, and when you're in your late 70s, early 80s, it's a fair bit to take on, and um, especially with the way the world's changing and the way everything's operating these days, it's a bit more high intense. Um, yep. Whether that's what they need to do to, to just pull it back a bit, and that's when I think the um, the younger generation got to step in a little bit and say, "Look, we'll take over that a bit more, step up," and then it just becomes a lot easier for them all going forward. That's all. You know, and I think a key word there too, Duane, is is this word transition. You know, we talk about retirement and we focus on retirement, but if we retire and we stop, we may drop. And there's a lot of research on that with younger people retiring and stopping. So this transition is really important, both yeah. to for the transfer of knowledge to the younger generation. It's more important for me, the generation that is retiring, to allow you know some space to exactly what you said to only slow down. Smell yeah. the roses, um, yeah. see that a trend, see that. And it's very hard to get that across. <laughs> but they, they all know they want to do it, but yeah. I don't think they know how to do it. No. And I'll be honest, I just no. it's very hard when you've put your whole life into it to actually pull back anything, I think, yes. and that's where it's getting hard. And that's what I think, not not having you out the younger generation, <laughs> but I'm one of the younger generation, um, I think that's where they've got to interpret it a bit more and accept it for what it is. And it does will take a little bit of time, but the sooner mm. you approach that um, talk and talk it over with them, I think the better it's going to become. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment because we, it is, the process is unashamedly, and we've said it before about about transitioning that older generation to the next stage and of their life, however that may be. So, mm. so it is pretty important. So, Dwayne, from the accountant's perspective, um, you know. What works or is what what aren't we doing enough of? Well, I think a lot, a lot of things are, you know, when, when we ever look at uh, the accounting side of things, uh, structures have always been set up and some have been set up for a very long time. There have been some old uh, companies being set up, there's uh, trust structures, etc. What I think it, it needs to be uh, a lot more of, it's a bit like your, your will, etc. It needs to be reviewed every th- two or three years or yep. maybe f- three to five years to see exactly what's going on within your operating entity and what your plans are for the future. Because at the moment, a lot of them, are, they can be old partnerships. There's a lot of different things. Structure and that is very easy to sort out. Yep. But once it's locked in, it, um, there is other ways you can do it, especially with trusts. It can be the hand over the keys. The trustee can be passed from um, generation to generation effectively if need be. But it's just um, I think the communication is the big key again. And it's also knowing who's involved, who's uh, actually within that structure and whether they're, they're, you know, if they're siblings outside that structure or they need to be um, entitled into one because that's when wills become very important, also uh, what the plan is going future and what they want to do. So, And the old chestnut, Dwayne, of I'm old-fashioned and I think it's been hanging around you you for a fair while but is, um, and, and good grounding in the accounting terms, but the trust and, and the holding of land and and being in a trust is still one of the best vehicles of of enabling progression and succession. But I guess it's come just a little bit clouded because sometimes there's everything in the trust, like the trading entity and the business of farming, rather than just 
having the land and yeah. the lock and key. Be, well, you're so dead it's, right. That's it's still exactly, modern. Exactly how it's happening. Uh, a lot more entities. I think you'd find 90% of farms are actually run through trusts. Yeah. Uh, just the way it, the, it's evolved with the ATO and with the governments looking at taxing everything these days. That could be changing yet again. We never know <laughs> what's around the corner. But um, in saying that, the, the actual vehicle to hold... Um, the uh, land is still probably the best one is a trust uh, because you get all your exemptions in terms of your farming, um, capital gains, etc. But, uh, yeah, when it's all within one, it can be a little bit difficult um, because you've got to make sure that everything's there. You need to look at who the, um, the beneficiaries are, who the uh, guardian and etc. is of the actual trust, guardian and appointer. They're the two main main people within that. Uh, but in saying that too, it is a very good vehicle coming succession planning where it can be handed down a lot easier once it's been sorted out and um, discussed properly, if you know what I yep. mean. So. so it's still good currency in in the, in the trust set up. Yes. And, and the other thing too, which we don't talk about enough, I reckon, is, is there's still some good strategic tax advantages and for actually people that do retire, like farmers that actually do. There's some good retirement provisions, I understand. At the moment, there, there certainly is, <laughs> uh, especially um, when it comes to that land sale because a lot of the actual land, if that is the case, needs to be done. Um, it's been way purchased a long time ago through pre-capital gains issues, but even uh, recent land purchases, uh, they do attract the new... Um, offset capital gains, fifty percent reduction, etc. Um, so there is, and there's a lot of act, you know other act, um, actual capital gains issues like the active asset, etc. Do help um, a lot of the people that are sort of retiring or selling the farm out. Yep. But in saying that too, it's it's not something that we need to look at in terms of succession planning. It's just something down the track that may assist if yes. that's part of the succession planning. I think it's more what we're looking at here is trying to see mum and dad handing it down as how as I would say their legacy or their their actual farm history to that to their to their, their kids. And um but there is that issue that they can look at and it does cover quite a bit at the moment. Um yep. it's very good for anyone in that area. Okay. So lots of scope. And I guess just a curly one, Dwayne is that's happened in just recent times is the net worth of many farms has perhaps dramatically increased just recently, say in the last, talking to a lot of farmers in the last three to five years, you know, we're talking about some land values doubling. Um, has that changed the fundamentals of, of progression succession planning, do you think? I think a little bit, yes. <laughs> Anything that's um, when you have some uh, you know, acreage prices doubling almost, and in some cases tripling in the last you know five years, it's going to add a little bit of pressure on all that because um, I think what it boils down to, if, say, you know, uh, say for an example, you have three brothers, two are on the farm, one is off the farm sort of thing. If they all, all of a sudden see this carrot, as I would say, or the, yep. the net asset worth, um, it could cause issues. Not saying it will, but I'm just saying um, it's something that needs to be addressed. And, and there's ways of doing that through succession planning. There's ways of doing it through wills, etc. But I think the main thing is you'd rather like to do it through succession planning while everyone's there to talk it over yep. rather than providing for something in the will. A will can always be contested is how I look at it. Um, and I think this is what it boils down to more and more, communication, understanding what, what has changed. And the more you talk about it, the more easier it becomes of those decisions down the track, I think. Yeah, and a good thing 
We used to definitely chat about it because we talked about it too, Tom, about the, the family law act changing, I think, yep. whatever, a few years ago, mm. and it changed from equal to being equal. But we just know in the farming situation, as long as there's an equitable outcome, so it's never going to be equal, I shouldn't categorise, but it is never going to be equal, but as long as it's equitable and discussed and paragraphed, um, you know, in some form of documentation, well, then you're halfway there because then it is the wishes of yeah, and, and that's exactly someone. what I'm saying. I've actually had, uh, had people do recent will updates, etc., and that was the first thing discussed by the lawyer is how much, with say one of the siblings not being on the farm, what is an equitable amount yep. in terms to to compensate him. If so, it doesn't come to a point where it will make it be contested. Yes, and that's not an easy figure to come up with, but <laughs> it's something that is usually put into wills. And I find I'd say ninety percent of them would right. have some sort of figure yep. put in there. Um, but that's something, like, as we were saying, that needs to be reviewed quite a bit, especially the way things are changing at the moment. Yep, it's a curly issue. There's there's not um, it's not changing. It's not getting easy. Communication is is important, and as we've talked about, the base of everyone's succession or progression plan is always different. Absolutely, so, so and every structure is different. Every um, family environment is just about different, I think. But um, You'd be surprised how many, once they talk about it, they feel a lot better. Yep. Um, yep. But I think it's the initial, I think it's the, uh, how would you say, the old farmer's beast. Uh, we don't want to talk about it. Yep. We don't need to talk about it. Yeah. But I think they, they everyone's starting to realise they do need to talk about it. So yep. I think that's where it's coming to now. And, and traditionally we've talked about it being too hard and, and I've mentioned the fact that, you know, quite often accountants, advisors, but farmers themselves will put it off this year Oh, you won't talk about this year because we'll put it out next year. But, but it's just something that needs to be discussed every year, minimum, and and between the family and and the stakeholders that are definitely involved, um, the wider stakeholders initially, but the stakeholders that are involved, so that so that we're on an even platform. Well, yeah, and even for an example, up our way, after Cyclone Saroja went through, we probably didn't get as much damage as what people thought, but it brought everything to a head a little bit because all of a sudden I had one farmer lose two farmhouses. They still haven't been rebuilt. Yep. So there's things like that that come up and um, it just gelled them together. They wanted to work out their succession. They started talking it over now. But, um one of the sons, the, 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 um, one of the brother's sons in yep. to the farm, farming entity. So all these things happen for a reason, I think. Yeah. So there's never a right or wrong. It's um, You deal with what comes up. But communication, once they sat down and talked about it, they thought, well, we need to get him involved. We need to get this sorted. So there's things that come up. Yep. And you just got to be – I think you've got to be open to it as well, not to yes. shut down as quickly as you want to. You need to listen first and then come back to it. Yeah, if you're looking for an outcome, I reckon it'll – you'll find it if you're not looking for it. Well, yeah. it'll come back and hit you on the back of the head with a bit of hammer. So, hey, no, great talking to you, Dwayne, and uh, yeah, tapping into your – wisdom and, and knowledge and um, no doubt we'll get together on a, on a fair few more cases but it's um, can be a real distressful event and you talked about that the other day Tom with a, a young fraternity so so we need to look at that anything to make it less stressful and communication is is a good start yep definitely 
No, yeah, thanks, thanks, Owen, and thanks, Dwayne, for making the effort to come out to the RMHI office for for a discussion um, and giving us the the very invaluable accountant's point of view, I believe. And just to the listeners, I hope you found these series of episodes useful because it is a very important topic. I know at Regional Men's Health we've identified it as one of the major distresses for farming families. So, if nothing else, if it prompts that discussion um, in within your family unit, I think that's that's only a positive thing. So, thank, thanks, guys. Um, thanks for listening to our Working With Warriors podcast series. 